way you cut it, 30-somethings are considered actual grown-ups. But many of us feel far from it. It's the bait and switch we didn't see coming. Being in your 30s means something different in a new millennium. But what does that look like? That's what I'm here to find out. I'll be digging into the stories and experiences of a new crop of 30-somethings, myself included. From navigating career dissatisfaction to searching for one's life purpose, all while still having a clear opinion on which 90s boy band reigns supreme, I'll be sharing how we navigate life's highlights and disappointments. This podcast is a series of conversations about life expectations, how we're all dealing, and what comes next. I'm Ashley White, and this is the Adults Aren't Alright podcast. Hi guys, today's an exciting day because today the podcast gets its very first guest. I am going to introduce you to one of my favorite people in the world, Sabrina Osborne, and we are going to dive headfirst into one of our favorite topics, and that is 90s boy bands. So if you were someone who who lost a friend over the war between the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, or if you raced home from school every day to make sure that you caught the beginning of TRL, if you know what TRL is, this episode could be a lot of fun for you. And, um, you know, Brina and I were really deep into boy band culture uh, in the 90s. I mean, really still are. You never leave the mob and you never leave your favorite boy band behind. But because of this, we've got quite a few random facts inside boy band baseball stories to share. So if you were only just a casual fan, um, first of all, tell me what that's like. And also, you might learn something. So... If this sounds at all appealing to you, if you feel like taking a little walk down memory lane, diving into 90s pop culture, um, yeah, stick around and I will see you on the other side. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Adults Aren't Alright podcast. I'm Ashley White. This is a very exciting day because it's the first time I have a guest on the pod. Um, It's one of my best friends in the world. It is Sabrina Osborne. Sabrina, say hi. Hey. So Sabrina and I have been friends for, um, I don't know, like 15 years. I mean, forever. If, if I feel like I've known you my whole life. Uh, Brina is one of my, like I said, best friends on the planet. She is in her 30s. Um, and we bonded over the topic of today's episode, which is 90s boy bands. Indeed. Indeed. Our very first boy band concert together was in 2005. That's right. We went and saw the Backstreet Boys at... Sandstone. I refuse to call it whatever, yeah, whatever they're calling it. it now. Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. I know it's Sandstone. That's it. Anyway, we did. We did. We did. 2005 was our first concert together. I knew you. You were in my friend group. But like I hadn't spent one-on-one time with you. And that was what I was like, oh, this is like my soul sister right here. Like, hello. Yeah. So, um, Brina, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to kick this off with you because, um, since you're my first guest, you know, I'm quite into astrology. You are too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both a little witchy. That's fine. I love that about us. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow something that I that I hear frequently on several podcasts, which is where I get your sun, moon, and rising sign in astrology, okay. which mm-hmm. for people at home they can kind of you know compare and contrast. Um, so tell us tell us what you are. <laughs> My sun sign is Pisces. Okay. My moon sign is Taurus mm-hmm. and my rising is Cancer. So Pisces people, you're very intuitive. Like a lot of um, psychics and mediums are, are Pisces, right? Yes. Talk about what, what you've got going on there. 
Yeah, I would say that I'm a little intuitive and I have, I definitely have feelings about things. I have feelings about people. I, uh, sometimes I have dreams that come true. Mm. You have this ability where you can meet someone or sometimes you don't even have to meet them, but see a picture of them or hear about them. And you just like, know if they're a good person or a bad person, just like straight up. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That happens quite a bit. That's, that's what happens more often than anything else. I get get feelings about people. What I love about you though, is that you're, you never, you never push that on anyone. Like I try not to, and I try not to, I also try not to like completely just write the person off because of it. Yeah. Um, Right. And then you end up being proven right. And you're like, well, you know, that was a waste of time. (laughs) And so you're a Taurus moon, which is earthy, like my cap sun. I think that's one of the reasons we vibe. So the Taurus moon means you like feeling comfortable in your surroundings. Like you like, you like nice things. You like aesthetics. Um, Like you're also comfort and security. Yeah. But so your Taurus, your Taurus moon also makes you very, you've got a strong will, like quite stubborn. I mean, like, sure. If you're unbalanced, you can be stubborn, but like, you know, like, you know what you want, you know, what's right, you know, what's wrong. And like, you're guided by that. Like, I think that really complements your, your intuition. Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. I um, like that about you. Um, that's definitely been a theme in my life. When I was younger, mm-hmm. um, I was, my parents were definitely never worried that I was going to get peer pressured into things. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's good. Like just knowing like, here's my boundaries. Here's what's up. And a cancer is a water sign. So you've got a lot of water in your chart, which easy going, go with the flow. But then like being a lunar torrent, like you, when you dig your heels in, like, uh, uh-uh, you're done. Like yep. it's, yep. but yeah, my Aries moon makes me an like impulsive and crazy and quick tempered. And I don't, I'm not very, that's not, I'm not really patient like driving, I'm like, immediately I fly into a rage. If someone is doing like three (laughs) under, I'm like, where are you going? Like, we're running out of time. Like the earth is spinning. We're all getting older. I need you to go. Like, I just have no, I have zero patience. And then my Gemini rising just, it makes me appear less of a crusty old bitch than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But so we're going to talk about boy bands today. And, um, if you were ever a fan of the Baxter boys in sync, I mean, we're going to even throw in some, uh, some Brittany, Christina, little Jessica Simpson, little Mandy Moore. Like if you watched TRL in the nineties, if you were a big fan of pop music in the nineties, this episode is for you. We're going to dive into, we're going to dive into it all. Um, we're going to, we're going to go there. We're going to go, we're going to go into the nineties boy band deep dive. So here we go. Um, nineties boy bands. AKA yep. the golden era of music. All right. Oh, no yes. one, no, no one can tell me different. So I think the first nineties boy band that people our age sort of resonate with are the new kids, new kids on the block. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they, de- they technically started in the eighties, but they were in nineties. They were really nineties. I also think that we have to give some credit to like, there was new kids and then there was boys to men and then there was Belle Biv DeVoe. And so there were other boy bands, but like, uh, yeah. What was the, what was the other one? Candy girl. What was that? I thought that was Belle Biv DeVoe. I think. No, 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 no. That was, that's the one that Belle Biv DeVoe came out of. Uh, um, oh, okay. Hang on. We got to Google it. New edition. New edition. New edition. They had a revival too. Um, Yes. So, but I think for us, I think new new kids was like the first boy band I was aware of. 
I had a, I had a yes. new kids on the block yeah, nightgown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I didn't have a favorite at the time. I was a little too young. Did you have a favorite? Oh, of course I did. <laughs> I had an older sister. You're the oldest. So, I mean, yes. I might've been a little bit young too. I'm two years older than you are. So right. I was more in that age group than you. Right. But, uh, I also had an older sister who, who was, funneled that, mm-hmm. who, yeah, brought it down to me. Yeah. But, um, no, I had, um, my favorite was Donnie mm. and then it was John. It switched mm. to John. Okay. And then it was Donnie again. I always say that <clears throat> John was the first gay man who I was in love with <laughs> and there were many to follow. Uh, yes. There are many to follow <laughs> many. They're just, it's just so easy to fall in love with them. Cause they're just so, they're just so great. Um, we're going to, we're going to come back to new kids. I just remember my memories of them is like, they were all from the city. There was a lot of leather. There was a rat tail they rode the subway alone, which was very impressive. Um, and that was all, <laughs> that was all of my, my only memories of them. Um, when I was a kid, but I, we are going to circle back. What did you know about the subway when you were a kid? I, I just like, remember seeing them on the subway. I didn't maybe have the, the terminology for subway at the time, but I was just like, they're traveling alone. Like it just <laughs> seemed, train. yeah, on a train by themselves, like where are their parents? Like it was, uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of inner dialogue about, about why they were allowed to just roam around a huge city by themselves. Um, and Joey had a hat with no top. Yeah. These are interesting fashion choices that the nineties gave us. So, but for me, the, the first real boy band, and I would argue the best period is the Backstreet Boys. Of course. Of course. Like if, for, if you're an NSYNC fan, if you're an NSYNC, an NSYNC purist, I don't know that you want to go much further on this. this you is might not the podcast for you. <laughs> this is not, it's going to get, <laughs> not the episode for you. It could be the podcast for you. for you. Just not yeah. the episode. You might want to skip to the next step. Okay. So I, I feel like it's, everybody knows who NSYNC is. Everybody knows who the Backstreet Boys are, but uh, there, some of us lived through the creation of these bands and the turmoil of their rivalry. Um, so I think it's, Brina, I think it's also important. You, you had a, a different position at the time in that you were a Backstreet Boys fan and, and Backstreet Boys were the number one for you, but you also liked NSYNC. I did. I was a big NSYNC fan. Yes. Y- yeah. But so th- if, if someone were to um, force you to choose, yes, force me to choose, hold me to it. I would mm-hmm. have chosen the Backstreet Boys. That's why we're but- friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise I'd be like, oh, excuse me. Um, yeah. I, I was one of the few, one of the rare that was, uh, that liked both NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. You, you were just mature. That's what it was. The rest of us were just I'm, really I'm telling you, I was not mature. <laughs> immature. I hated them so much. Um, we're going to get to that, but so I think it's important, um, to talk about Lou Pearlman because Lou Pearlman, uh, yeah. Spit on his grave. <laughs> he is dead, right? He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Okay, good. He won't hear. This. I don't know why I laugh when I say that. That's really rude. Even though he's, he was a horrible, horrible. He was person. a horrible person. He was a horrible person. Okay, so Lou Pearlman was a, a con man, essentially, like a professional con man. And um, in the '90s, he amassed enough money from scamming people to relocate to Florida, the Orlando area, and he decided that he was going to start a label, Mid Continental Records, Intercontinental, Mid Inner. Transcontinental trans inner wait hold on look it up let me look it up anyway he starts a it was something like that you know something about 
travel basically because he was obsessed with planes but he decides that he's going to start a record label and he's going to sign sign a group and so he decides to put together a group and he ends up putting together the Backstreet sure Boys transcontinental Lou starts the Backstreet Boys he holds auditions and he puts these guys together and immediately gets them linked up with some songwriters. They go to Europe where there's where Max Martin is and Max Martin is like the architect of, of every amazing nineties pop song you've ever heard. And um, they put out an album in Europe. They become huge in Europe. They, they cross over, become massive in the United States and kind of at the same time behind the Backstreet Boys's back, Lou is putting together, he's trying to get lightning to strike twice. And I mean, he succeeded. He put together NSYNC and he followed like the kind of the same formula. And as NSYNC, I mean, he sent NSYNC over to Europe. And at this time, the Backstreet Boys are huge in the United States, huge all over the world. But as NSYNC begins to rise in popularity, it becomes uh, if the Backstreet Boys don't want to do a gig because they're exhausted because they've done seven gigs in a row in three days, Lou's like, well, if you don't take it in sync, well, and I mean, that actually happened, right? With a Disney yes. performance Yes, that the Backstreet Boys were tired. They had this Disney performance. And so Lou just gave it, Lou gave it to NSYNC. And then there was a lot of um, Lou telling NSYNC that the Backstreet Boys didn't like them and vice versa. I mean, there was a lot of, and all the money was funneling back to him. Yes. And then, and as he created this rivalry and created the rivalry with the fans, right? We were all buying things for our, for our boy band. Um, that all just made him more money. It would be like if the same person owned CVS and Walgreens, yeah. essentially and, it was. And was hyping us up to just hate the other one. Hate the other one. Right. Um, and then, and there's some, there's uh, not rumors. I mean, this is pretty well established. Lou was touching boys inappropriately. He was yes. acting inappropriately with underage yes. Yes, yes, yes. boys. Um, it was not a good, it was not. And they were stealing a bunch of money from like a lot of old people in Florida yeah, and he eventually whole Ponzi scheme. Whole Ponzi scheme. He eventually goes to jail. Did he kill himself or was he murdered? Um, Did I kill him? I can't remember. <laughs> he suffered a stroke. Oh, in okay. while he was incarcerated. That's right. Stroke, 2010. He's incarcerated. He kicks. He kicks the bucket. He was trash. He was awful. Yeah, there's you, a, a yeah. documentary called uh, "The Boy Band Con." Boy band con the Lou Perlman story. Um, so I think that's important to establish because the NSYNC Backstreet Boys rivalry dominated everything. It, it it was the undercurrent and fed a lot of that fervor because not only you couldn't just like a band, you had to like stand for a band. You had to like go hardcore. Oh, wait, he didn't die in 2010. He died in 2016. Sorry, mm. I totally okay. interrupted you. That's fine. I think it's important um, to know the fact. He had a stroke in 2010, mm. and then he died while still in custody from cardiac arrest. I mean, so still, heart issues. His ticker gave out. Yeah, which is amazing, because, like, did he have a heart? Nobody knows. So, uh, you know, th they created this this Backstreet NSYNC rivalry just everything was was a competition right trl was a battleground every day if you don't know what trl trl was it is it was a show called total request live it is where you voted every day and the top 10 music videos receiving the most votes were played um carson daly hosted it was in new york new york city like over times square it was a huge launching pad for a lot of 
pop careers, um, careers in general. Like, I mean, everybody, you went on TRL. It was, you, that was a part of your press junket when you released a, a, an album or a single in the nineties and two thousands. So it was amazing. TRL was amazing. Um, so late nineties, early two thousands, it was the place. It was the place. If you were a musician or an actor really just to make an appearance. Yeah. They had everybody on. Um, and I remember it would come on right after school. It would come on at three, right? And so, <laughs> like, rush home from school. You had a, yes, you had to rush home from school because, like, you had to. I mean, we really didn't have to rush because, like, the Backstreet Boys are always going to be in the top five, like, always. True. But still, you wanted to see the countdown. So, TRL was a battleground. Backstreet Boys fans, Instinct fans voting, outvoting each other every every single day. It was painful when Instinct beat the Backstreet Boys for me because I hated them and have voodoo dolls of them in, in my, in my bedroom. Um, it was but anyway, painful for me too, even though I liked them both, even though you liked them, I did come around because instinct, they did have some bangers, but like, they were so mouthy, so <laughs> mouthy, not JC. Like he gets a pass. He was sweet. Did he ever get into the fray? I don't think he did. I don't remember. I don't remember that. And Lance kind of stayed above it, which is amazing considering his name. Um, and <laughs> inside jokes on the podcast that nobody gets. Excellent. Uh, but um, Lance, I don't remember Lance. JC being- would have always gotten a pass from me no matter what he said. Yeah, you were because a JC, JC girl. was my fave. But- JC was my fave too. If I had to pick one, he I would kill him last. Yeah, yeah. Of the, But it was Justin and Chris were so lippy and then you said that joey was a chirper too i don't remember that no he was yeah but i mean, I, I just remember anything chris that, anything that justin and chris did joey would have done it too, joey just, did it too. To, just to get in on the action not because he was a follower necessarily just because he would have thought it was funny to get in on the action too yeah they were so mouthy and the backstreet boys did not respond for a long time they sort of stayed above it and then it got it got real then aj had to pop off because like aj was a sarcastic one uh, mm-hmm. i remember aj popped off and i was like there is gonna they're gonna fight they're gonna fight at the vmas i want to see it <laughs> who would win kevin richardson is gonna come in hot and he's going to give somebody a haymaker and put him in the hospital because he was buff and he was older than everyone <laughs> He could legitimately fight and everybody else is a child, um, including us in this scenario. So, so anyway, instinct Backstreet Boys, I, I want to, I want to dissect the Backstreet Boys, um, because this is my favorite game. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have the angel that is Brian Luttrell who has, uh, um, voice. that voice is like mm-hmm. a, a bell. I can pick that voice out of a lineup. It is always the most clear. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And it's, and he was adorable and he loved basketball and he loved the Kentucky Wildcats and Mm -hmm. his nickname was B-Rock. And, um, I think that's actually still his nickname. That that might be part of his Instagram. Isn't his Instagram handle like rocks picks or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really too bad that he might be queuing on. Like it's like, it hurts me. It hurts. That he joined parlor. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really the only sort of like indication. So like his wife, Leanne, who he met on the set of as long as, long as you, you love, love me. yes, as long as you love me, he met his mm-hmm. wife, Leanne. She was older than him, which was a scandal at the time. Now we look back and we're like, good on her because honestly, <laughs> honestly, get a younger I'd model, like do it. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. If it's within 10 range, like play ball. So, um, Le- but we hated Leanne at the time, but anyway, they got married. They're really cute. They have a son. His name's Bailey, but like even though Leanne, a lot of Leanne's social media is private, and I did a little, I did a little research on this. Apparently, she's she says some like really problematic things about Black Lives Matter and um, 
and the government. And she, she seems to be, I, I think, I mean, she's, she's a Trump supporter. Um, yeah, that was, that was tough. And apparently, so Parler, um, the very, very conservative, you know, no holds bars, let's plan an insurrection social media platform. Um, Brian joined it like a couple weeks before, right? It was like a couple weeks before the I insurrection. I think it was just a couple days before. It was Maybe like right, right after, right after they banned Trump from Twitter. Uh, Twitter. He joined. No, Parler. no, it couldn't have been that because Trump was tweeting during the insurrection. So it couldn't, Trump couldn't have been totally banned. No, it was, I know it was just a couple right after they banned Trump is when he joined Parler. Bar- Brian joined Parler. Okay. And when, when we saw that it, it literally, the tweet was like, join me on Parler, LOL. And we were like, no, <laughs> we lost Brian. Like and we lost him. All of our hearts collectively broke collectively broke because that man is an angel and we thought but then we thought but then kevin tweeted an article about losing family members to QAnon, and we were like oh the shade also (laughs) also kevin go get go get your cousin like go oh kevin and brian are cousins for those of you that don't know and they are like like what's in the what's in the family genes in kentucky because they're so pretty so so pretty um yeah kevin needs to needs to come get his cousin because we need Brian back. I need that. Yeah. I need that clear voice back in my life. Anyway, so so Brian was adorable. Um, Brian Brian was the good boy. Brian was the the, the boy next door, right? Yes. And then his cousin Kevin was the old was the older one. And I, Kevin was like what in his like really early twenties. The, the Backstreet Boys started. Nick Carter was like still in utero. I mean, he was very young. He was, was older than me. It he was, was what nineteen ninety four something. I mean, he was like he was like fourteen. Yeah, he so was a bay. Okay, so that would have been 1994 because he was born in 1980, same year as my sister. See, see, super fan on the line right now. Uh, Sabrina Osborne, Nick Carter, uh, Nick Carter, uh, president fan club. Not really. Uh, no, actually not. Even a little. Actually bit. not. Actually not. Um, yeah. So, so Nick was very young. I mean, these guys were like teenagers, but I, Kevin was the oldest one, and I feel like he was like 20 or 21, 22. It was, I mean, Kevin was born in 71. This is math. I don't do math. 23. Okay. So he was 23, which was like a, an adult to, you know, my 12 year old ass. Right. Like I was like, he's so old and, but he like not old in a, um, <laughs> 10, uh, 10. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. 1994. But we, I mean, we didn't know about until like 97. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, I just not old in a, in a grandpa way, old in like a beautiful, fully formed adult kind of way. And Kevin you guys, you got to Google Kevin Richardson in like 1998 because so empirically beautiful, so pretty tall. I think it was like six one. I think, I mean, I think I know this. I was like, oh, he's so tall. I mean, tall, dark and handsome was Kevin Richardson, like two eighty. Thank you. Six one. I mean, you've got the, you've got somebody's birthday and I've got their height and weight <laughs> and, and fighting class. So, so then you had, um, then you had Nick. And Nick was the, Nick was the heartthrob. He was the baby. He was the blonde one. Um, he, he was supposed to be the lead singer, but it never really worked out that way. No, it kind of didn't, did it? I think Nick he was and supposed I think to be the Justin. He of... was supposed to be the Justin and that did not work out for him. Or maybe Justin was supposed to, Justin was a successful version of Nick. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess that's true because they, the, <laughs> they were the, they were the copycat of the Baxter boys. That's right. That's right. So, so you had Nick who had, who had a very distinct, distinct voice i call it both whiny and raspy and that's yes. it's not it's not a not in a bad way 
it's just, it's very distinctive. Um, he was a little young for me, uh, for, for me to be a fan of Nick's, even though he was four years older than me, <laughs> he was a little young. Okay. Um, I needed a real man. And so, uh, I went with, um, AJ McLean, which I also went with AJ McLean. We were AJ girls and yes. which AJ was the bad boy. It's surprising that we're friends. Truly. Cause like we should fight probably we because, because I mean like, but like, would you, okay. Would you date AJ now? Um, I totally still would, but like AJ now, AJ now, not AJ, like eight, like 2000 when we had a really serious drug problem or before the hair. I was, Which I was one? still a little bit in love then. I was maybe mm. a little blinded. Were you going to save him? Probably <laughs> save him from himself. Like that was, I was still young enough that like, I thought that was the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, there are women who they're still married to the people that they're saving. So it's fine. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's fine. We all just, it, we, we just take our own time. So when, when would you not have been with AJ? You'll be with AJ five now. Years ago. Oh, five years ago. <laughs> like is he's that like before? cleaned up a little. He is cleaned up. He got hair plugs and his body oh, is. His, no, the hair plugs are gone. I don't know what, you, what you've seen lately, but he's oh. bald. He's bald. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. But his body, maybe it's just because I just got distracted by his body because yeah, his body I is think like that's probably what it was on fuego. Yeah. I just didn't get that far up. I just didn't. I was like, oh, belly button. Oh, the 69 tattoo is still there around his belly button. He has a 69 tattoo around his belly button. And Brina and I still were like, yeah, that's our number one boy. Like that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got belly button and then pecs. And then I was like, it was like arms and it, then short collarbones. And then I was done. I was like, I'm, I'm here. Sign me up. Buy, I'll buy a ticket. My dad so, still cannot talk about him without talking about his fishnut his and, cro fishnet and crop, crop top, top at the 99 vmas <laughs> yes we're gonna get to the that 99 vmas 99 vmas larger than life aj mcqueen in a crop top he was doing he was wearing him and kevin were wearing female clothes well before harry styles i mean uh, well before I mean, sorry harry you're not you're not cutting edge here I mean, it's okay. You're in you're in great company because like Kevin and AJ, uh, I gotta tell you, you're like you're it's fine. So uh we were AJ fans, which was amazing. Being we were the goodest of the good girls. I mean oh, yeah. I, I mean, but we chose AJ, I hump the floor at live shows, McLean. Like that's yes. what we did. We chose the sexy, sarcastic one. Really, it was the sarcasm. Sarcasm will get me every time when they're I mean, funny. Yeah, yeah when they're too. funny. Mm-hmm. They're funny and they're ornery. I'm yeah, hundred percent. So we were AJ girls. Um, AJ's got that deep raspy voice. One of the best voices in music. I will, I will stake my life on it. Just an amazing. Would you agree? Yes. yes you I have would. to, you have to talk into the microphone. You can't not, even though I'm looking at you. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a problem. I keep doing it. It's, you know what? We're all learning. If this is a learning curve, I get it. I understand. Um, so Nick's, but kind of back to Nick. I want to back up because he he has this whiny raspy voice. It's great. Um, sometimes he does too much, but like it's still a good voice. But Nick was recently on The Masked Singer. He was the crocodile. He was. was it the crocodile? The, yes, the pink and crocodile. So I get this. I get this DM from Brina um, one day while I'm at work, and she's like, "Watch this video and and tell me who this is." And so this was well before Nick had was unmasked. No one yeah. knew who he was. The, the judges hadn't even said his name yet. Judge, yeah. And so Brina sends me this this clip of Nick singing, performing on The Masked Singer. And I mean, it was, he opened his mouth and it was like, first note, I was like, Nick Carter, what's up? And she's like, exactly. And nobody, only the Backstreet Boys fans like knew it. Everybody else was like, what is, who is that? I don't know. And um, we were having, Dave and I were hosting his brothers and sisters and 
I was like, oh yeah. And like, I didn't know anything else about the mass Singer other than Nick Carter was the crocodile. And I said that, and they were like, how do you know? And I was like, trust me, like, <laughs> I know. And they're like, how are you? So, so we pull up on YouTube and we pull up a performance and um, <laughs> Dave's brother goes, that might be Nick Lachey. And I was like, get out of my house, get out of my house. <laughs> like, I love you, but get out. Nick Lachey and, and Nick Carter's voices are so different. Do not disrespect either one of them in this Nothing house. Nothing alike. Nothing alike. And then um, it was so funny. Like Nick got unmasked because he ended up going really far because imagine that he's a, he's a great performer with a great voice and can dance. He was third, um, place. third place. And uh, so I get a text from Dave's sister when Nick was unmasked and she's like, you were right. And I was just like, never doubt me again. Like just never. <laughs> I was like, I will bet you all three of my dogs. I will bet you this house. I will, I will put anything on it. And they're like, what if you're wrong? And I was like, I am not wrong. Like I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not wrong. Like, and they just, they're like, you are really worked up about this. And I was like, yeah, my, my heart rate right now is 125, but I am right. <laughs> and I was yes. I all the, all the Backstreet Boys fans. I can pick, honestly, I can pick anyone of, the Backstreet Boys out of a, out of a lineup voice wise, I can do pretty much the same thing for NSYNC just by nature of just being around it. And I, even though I hated them as people, um, I ended up really liking their music. Cause like I said, they have bangers. So, um, yes. So we're going to move on from Nick and we're going to move on to Howie who is last <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> that was a lovely sound. We, we needed him to round out the five part harmony, but yeah. that was really it. Um, and we did not need him for solos or solo songs. And yet, uh, and yet how he persisted really. Um, and how he was, how he was awkward. I'm sure he's a sweet man. I'm, I'm in it. Like, I would be more of, I would, I would, I would, I mean, his nickname was sweet D sweet D how he would, would try to be sexy. And it was not oh, sexy. It was creepy, awkward. And his eye would twitch. <laughs> He had this, his eyelid would like revolt whenever he would try to like, you know, be, like be sexy at the camera and just him, like just, just twitch uncontrollably. Like it was kind of, it was funny and terrifying. And I think it was his body being like rejecting the sexy, like you can't, we'll, we'll blind <laughs> like, don't you. Don't do that. Don't Stop do that. It, so it was it. all of us at home. Like I, I, I just, I have memories being like 12, 13, 14 and being like screaming, like, no, how stop it. Like just being like, upset. Like, I don't, don't, I don't want to pan over to see how he hip thrusting. I don't want to know that how he has hips. Okay. He's I hipless. hear, Hey, Mr. DJ without seeing how he's eye twitch in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so that is our, that the, so those are the Backstreet Boys and they make up the best boy band of all time. And, um, when was your first Backstreet Boys concert? Cause that's a uh, whole other level, right? I think it was the same one that you went to. 1998 okay. at Kemper Arena. 1998 at Kemper. So being a boy band fan in the, in the 90s meant, and this is well before the internet we know today, like Brina referenced AOL chat rooms, to, to get, to get um, a fan encounters, meeting the boys, you had to like dig into the depths of people's live journals and, and their girl pages. I was going to say, this was before. That Maybe before was before live journal. Right. But yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. what, uh, what were people even using 
they're using whatever server that Heaven's Gate used because it's still up. <laughs> the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> but it, like, I just remember having all of these, all of these uh, websites bookmarked on my family computer because we shared a computer, right? There was an Ashley folder and inside the Ashley folder were a bunch of pictures of AJ and the Backstreet Boys. And that is yes. that, yes, a hundred percent. Right. Um, but but it was not my computer. I shared it with my whole family. I and used to have a bunch of little discs, the little three and a half inch discs. Oh, flo- yeah, the floppies. Yes. They weren't floppy, but they, but they, we call them floppy discs. Yes, because you didn't want your family to know that you had all of this very illicit material, which was really just sometimes them with their tops the off. Shirt up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pulling a shirt up at a concert was scandalous. Um, but you know, when you're 12, 13, like this is, this is a lot. I mean, for us, for us. So you had to comb the internet to find these fan encounters. Just, I mean, you want to talk about stalking their girlfriends and how difficult it was because they, I mean, there was no Instagram there. Nobody had a social media profile. You're like looking for some fan encounter on somebody's random, like kind of like journal-esque personal page. And I don't even know how we, how we knew about these. It's not like news like outlets AOL were zines maybe like vaguely <laughs> i remember like T- teen beat and tiger beat and like i don't remember aol zines as much oh okay so like people had to put those together like there was people oh who were behind them that like gathered information from the internet i don't know where they got it and then right. they would put them together like newsletters oh send them to groups of people and they were amazing zines zines okay so it was like the first kind of newsletter like personalized curated roundup wow okay did not have that that's amazing i probably could have benefited from it because i was just on the internet all the time just looking for does aj have a girlfriend does does aj have a girlfriend because i was convinced that i was going to come of age and we were going to be together oh me too same yeah right like that's that that's why like I said, I totally have a uh, marriage certificate in yeah. a scrapbook somewhere yeah. that says AJ McLean and Sabrina are Osborne. married. You're married. <laughs> and I think that, you know, you should maybe tell his wife that their marriage is valid. present that to Rochelle. Yeah. Should, <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am, but I, I found it first. Finders keepers. Sorry. Look at this totally legitimate document with printer paper that's perforated on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cut it out. I <laughs> cut it out. Perfect. So... So just the finding of the information, you had to buy magazines to get, to get pictures of them. And we wallpapered our walls. Oh yes. With, with, with pictures of these guys. And then we bought, we bought all the merch, although we did not call it merch because you didn't call it it that back then. It was just, you bought their band t-shirts. You just bought, I mean, you could buy a Backstreet Boys anything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could buy a Backstreet Boys lunchbox. I mean, they had, everything was branded. I mean, everything. Yes. So then you go to all their concerts, which you, you said that you went to the Kemper show here in Kansas city in 1998. I was also at that show. It was my first concert ever, by the way, boys toured, um, their first album, their first U S album. Right. And so this is where I have to tell, this is where I have to shout out my dad, Russ White, who taught me like really everything I know about concerts. And my parents buy us front row tickets, not front row on the floor, but like front row on the side. Okay. And we're like kind of in the, in the middle front, but, but on the actual seats, not in like GA. Um, so we had really good seats for the show. I mean, right. really yeah, good. That's, those My were, pa- I was like second to the last row 
of the entire arena. Yeah. I mean, I don't, my parents bless them for indulging. They, it was like me, my sister, my dad, and then my best friend at the time, Becca. And so we all go to the show and they're, you know, they're, they're playing all the hits. They're doing all the things. And then we get to like, well, I mean, I think that we need to talk about really quickly that AJ McLean did lay down beside me. Cause they all got solo songs lay down beside me was a song about sex. It was okay. very much a song about sex. And I'm pretty sure even though I didn't have sex for many, many years after that, I yeah. had my sexual awakening at that moment. <laughs> well, he humped the floor. I mean, he forced a he, sexual awakening on yes. everybody and the boy could move and he was singing about laying down beside you and how good everything was going to be. And it was just, I, I sat there with my dad, like right there. I'm Me too. Horrified. My mom and my dad and my cousin. Oh, just... But this is what we did for the for these boys. We we endured that with our parents. So um, yeah, they all got little solo songs. AJ does lay down beside me. Sexual awakening for everybody at Kemper. Um, but so they get they get to the they get to what they say is their last song, and it's we've got it going on. And I'm like, but they they haven't done Backstreets Back yet. Like what? Like, and I'm like looking around. I'm like they haven't done. How is this their last song? And my dad's like they're it's not their last song and I'm like they just said it was their last song dad duh like hi and he's like they're not lying I'm like they're not they wouldn't lie to me um AJ's in love with me clearly he wants to lay down like he's good like (laughs) these are all the things that he said to me um he's not a liar so so they 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 get done with we've got it going on and they they wave goodbye and they run off the stage and the lights go the lights go down and I am I'm in a panic and my and people start leaving the arena. They're flooding up the aisles like they're leaving. And I'm like, dad, like dad, they're this is it's over. And he just turns into like Ethan Hunt, like Mission Impossible. He's like, get to the front now. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right. Like, I mean, him and Tom Cruise, they're about the same size, right? And they're both equally it's pushy. True. Yeah. So so he's like, this is the encore. They're going to play Backstreet's Bat. Like, get to the front. I'm like, how do you know? And he's like, just shut up and go. And I mean, like, I mean, honestly, it was. <laughs> He's like, it's I'm, in my dossier. I, yeah, exactly. It's like, I have a report from Money Penny. Um, that's not Mission Impossible, but you get it. So we, everybody's leaving, like they're passing us and we are making our way to the front. And I'm like, but our tickets. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go, go, go. And so we move against the crowd. We, we get close. Like we're still, we are basically like completely on the side of the, of the front of that stage, like level with the stage. We're right there. And right at that time, the band kicks back in, lights lights come back up. The boys run out in Kansas City Royals jerseys, personalized, okay? And they do Backstreet's Back. And it is like, they're, they're playing it to me. Like, that's how close. <laughs> and I got to shout out Russ White for being like, teaching me about the encore because, and now Brian and I go to concerts and people still don't understand the encore sometimes. And uh, we'll be sitting there. I think they just want to beat the traffic. I mean, Honestly, at a, I get it at like a at like a Chiefs game, but like at a concert, you're gonna you're gonna skip the the best I, songs. I don't yeah, know. the be, their their biggest songs. So so yeah, uh, we'll still be sitting there and we'll be watching people leave, and then you watch them panic when they're halfway out of the arena and they realize that that everybody's back on stage, and then they come running back. So anyway, um, Kemper Arena, 1998, amazing show. Um, yes. So I think we need to talk about the Millennium album because it is the it is the boys' biggest album to date. It is what yes. everybody knows about about Millennium. Even if even if you're not a Backstreet Boys fan, you knew about that album. It was the the biggest thing. It was broke records for sales in a week. 
Yes, yes. Only to be Great. broken the next week by NSYNC. That was rat <laughs> Big records. Um, yeah. So break records for sales in a day. Yep. They broke a lot of records and I was proud of those records, man. It was as if I bought them I mean, all. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I was in the band and I was like, I'm I mean, so proud I, of us. I did contribute to those records. Yes, I did. Yeah, same. But I felt very personally proud. Yes. Um, so, I mean, well. on Millennium, you've got I Want It That Way, which is if you, even if you don't know the Backstreet Boys, you know, I want it that way. Yes. Everyone knows I want it that way. It consistently is, you know, ranked. I mean, back in the past 10 years, there's been a lot of pop songs that have come out, but there for a while, anytime anybody did a, you know, best 100 pop songs of all time or best pop songs of all time, I want it that way was number one. Like people agreed, like yes. sit down JT. It was, I want it that way. <laughs> that That's yes. I mean, just sit down JT. Just so yeah. I want it that way. Best song of all time. There is an alternate version. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. There's an there's an alternate version with it's with called alternate, no goodbyes <laughs> with alternate alternate lyrics. It's I want it that way. Parenthetical. No, no goodbyes. goodbyes. Yes. And parenthetical. Um, you can still find the demo on YouTube if you Google it, because I did preparing for this episode. Um, and it's still the, the lyrics just make more sense because I want it that way. Kind of doesn't kind of doesn't make sense. It just sounds it really never good. Made sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but the no goodbyes alternate demo version, um, makes more sense. And I think and it's have- the one that we got, like when it leaked, before, yes, it leaked uh-huh. before the, uh, before the album. album. Yeah. Um, and it was so the one we learned. It's the one we learned before it came out on the radio before yes. anything, anything, um, when we were not so legally downloading it. Yeah, that would have been ninety not that would have been ninety-nine. Yeah. And so that was Napster. It was Napster, yeah. We were on Napster and we were torrent bit whatever they're doing. We were just funneling just crap onto our computers, just downloading. Do you remember when you were on Napster and you would download a song and it would take forever because we were all on dial up and then the song it wouldn't be the complete song when it downloaded? Oh so angry. I would fly into a rage. Okay. It's like, how dare you? not give me the full version of this totally illegal thing that I'm pirating off the internet. How dare you? I ordered, I, I stole the full thing and you're only going to give me a half. And then you had to go delete it. And then you had to go find the other one. And like, do you remember people would rank them with stars yes. like on Napster? And so like, don't ever download a one star. You're going to get crap. Right. Like you're, it's going to, it's going to be staticky. It's going to be awful. Yes. Four or stars and like the wrong song. Yeah. Or yeah. Or the wrong song. Yeah. This is, this is the hell that we went through. Okay. Like some generations had Vietnam and we had, we had illegal downloading. <laughs> and now there's Spotify, which is and now there's amazing. Spotify, which is amazing. You just, you just type it in, you just stream it. It's everything's fine. We had to, we had to download these onto our computer. I, who, how do we even store all of this? I just can't think of it anyway. Um, so we heard, yeah, we heard, we got very attached to the alternate version of I Want It That Way. And then, and then we were surprised and yeah. I, I was disappointed. I'll just, I'll just I w- tell you. I was as well, because the other version was just superior. It, yeah. It was the, vid- superior. the video made, made it up for me. Cause they, they everybody looked great. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in an airport. We're wearing white, you know, we're, we're singing, doing we're dancing, weird dances. we're doing weird dances, but like <laughs> waving our arms around. Yeah, we are. So, um, so yeah, definitely look up the alternate version. Um, also on that, on millennium, you had larger than life, which we referenced earlier. Yes. 
So larger than, so the Backstreet Boys did, uh, they played the VMAs in 1999 and they did, they started with a, an acapella, um, little shortened version of, I want it that way. And then they, they, they tore off their clothing. Okay. (laughs) Um, and they revealed these like, (laughs) it was again, I mean, like what these boys did for us, uh, so many ways. So they, they tore off their clothing and, um, they launched into, a live version of, of larger than life. And I say live because not everybody sings live at the BMAs now, but they did then even right. Brittany sang live that yes. year. Mm-hmm. So, um, they launched uh, into larger than uh, life that year with Brittany and in sync was good too. We need to come back to that. Okay. We can. Um, but it wasn't better than larger than life. Like it wasn't as good of a production. And I wore that like a badge of honor. It was the classroom one. It was, that was, yeah. And she's year. like, okay. in sync, you can't get down. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Okay. And I watched it last night. So I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully. Okay. It's that's, fresh. The, that's the one I thought it was. And then I was like, am I wrong? <laughs> well, right. Cause then there was the bye, bye, bye one that was next year, but the Backstreet Boys weren't there. Cause AJ was on a Coke binge and yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. So AJ McLean is wearing a crop top and you can fully see his 69 tattoo that circles his belly button. And the sleeves were like a chain mail or like a yeah. mesh or yes, something. Yes, yes, and, yes. and Ron Osborne has not let you live it down. Uh, no, I mean, he still can't get over it. He still talks about it every time, he, every chance that he can. It was Anytime fashion the forward. Backstreet Boys or AJ are mentioned, which happens more than maybe <laughs> I would like to admit. I mean, um, no shame. But. But there, yeah, there you have it. There you He's, are. He still can't, he can't get over it. No. Well, you know, I, I think it was a fashion forward choice. Um, Nick Carter was wearing a, a leather armband. Uh, Kevin looked great. Kevin's outfit, Kevin and Brian, Brian was wearing like some shoulder pads. He, there was like some, some, some like black shoulder pads happening. Never looked at Howie. Cause why would you? And uh, I, but Kevin looked great. Kevin was in like a, like a, like a sleeve, not a, maybe I can't remember if it's sleeveless now, but it was like a, a leather trench, yes. like a deep, deep, uh, either burgundy brown or, or a black leather trench. And it was like a little shiny. And he was just, I mean, he was just Kevin Richardson. So he was just so pretty. Yes. Just so good. Um, that was an incredible performance and it lives on in infamy. Did they do the dance? They did the dance. Brian- and remember- they, Brian they, was so good at that dance. Brian was so good at that dance. And he made it look so, that was also the, uh, the, the performance when they launched the girls at them and they caught them and the girls straddled them. And I was like, wait, hold the phone. <laughs> Who are you? Get off my boyfriend, get off. I literally, I remember, I specifically remember trying to find out who the dancers were because I was like, no, I'm not going to stand for this. Like, you're not wrapping your legs around him. Mm-mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is why like teenage girls, they're not rational. Like this is. It, like it, no, it doesn't work out well. Um, uh, so I just remember AJ's primal scream at the beginning of larger than life. It was just this maniac. He just sounded like a maniac, um, crop top. That was a, that was, and the, the video for larger than life was the, was space was, was the space one mm-hmm. was the space video. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, another good song off millennium. It's gotta be you. Yeah. Gotta be you is a good one. I wish I could play these, but I don't want to get sued. Um, I always skipped "Need You Tonight" because it was a slow song and Nick sang it, and I was bored. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. need to hear Nick whine in slow motion for five Which minutes. Is essentially, heaven in your eyes. Yes, 
which was his solo song from the concert tour that we were just talking about. Okay, yes. And so here's the deal. The Backstreet Boys released their first album in Europe and they brought some of the songs over to their US debut. There were some songs that didn't make it and they were good. Some of them were good songs and only the real fans knew how to, on whatever corner of the internet, buy the European version, which you could not easily get. It was not a thing that you could just like go to BackstreetBoys.com and order. You had to like fake a Denmark address. I don't even remember how we did it. It was just- I remember I paid a whole heck of a lot of money for like that. Like a lot, like a lot, European, a lot of money. I don't money. know why I say stupid. I love it. I love that album. But it, <laughs> but yeah, for one album, when when whole albums were like $9.99 or $12.99 or something. Yes, I paid like $30. Like 30, 40 bucks. I mean, yes. with shipping because like yes. they're shipping it. I, yeah, the album was 30. That and then not include shipping. It was like, I feel like it was like a $50 purchase, which when you're 12, that's, I mean. That's a lot of allowance. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So, uh, but only the real fans would would hunt those down and get like the heaven in your eyes and the who do you love? And what was Brian's song for that girl that he broke up with? Um, 10,000 Promises. 10,000 Promises. And um, just to be close to you, acapella. Like these were, th- yes, such a banger. Like that showed off their voices. I will give you that sync. they're better dancers. I will give yeah. you that. But the Backstreet Boys harmonies are tighter and better. And they are just, they were molded in like the boys to men. Like their harmonies were tight. Yes. InSync was like, they had great voices and their, har- their harmonies sounded good. But like, it was, it was no comparison. Like the Backstreet Boys crushed it. But InSync, they could dance better. Like, I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can have it. You can have it, InSync fans. Um, so, so yeah, like I remember hunting down these the the European you know albums and then there was that that special they did that taped special where like 10,000 Promises was on it and Who Do You Love was on it and it was like a homecoming no no uh, the other one 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 night live in Orlando one night in Backstreet yeah whatever it was I think the one night and and like that was another one that we had like order from freaking Venus like even uh, though it was Film in Orlando. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes, it was. Anyway, the uh, just the the hoops we jumped through. I'm gonna tell you what. Um, so we skipped "Need You Tonight," which was uh, just a remix of "Heaven in Your Eyes" because uh, it was the next song. And then "Don't Want You Back" was a banger. I mean, it started with the lyric, "You hit me faster than a shark attack." You saw my picture on the back streets back. And then Brian comes in with the same all right in the same in the same pitch as back streets back. And that is just that's pop music genius right there. I mean, that's that's called bringing it home for the folks. Don't want you back. Um, Fans were for their fourth single because like first single was I want it that way. Second single was larger than life. Then you had show me the medium being lonely. Very sad. Who died that was in that that we who died during that time? Kevin's dad. Very, yeah. Very, very sad. He probably could have kept Brian out of QAnon. It's, it's sad. So the, like the fourth single, they let the, they let the fans vote. Remember this? Did they vote just on TRL? Cause I feel like it was announced on TRL. It was announced on TRL. I don't remember how the voting went. Okay. But you got a choice. I feel like it was four songs, 
there was only one song for me and it was Don't Want You Back. And then there was the one. Do you remember what other songs were up for consideration? Uh, The Perfect Fan was one of them. No, thank you. Yeah. No. No. Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. It was probably Spanish Eyes because, you know, we have to give Howie something. So I remember the fans voted and I voted hard for Don't Want You Back, as did you. Yeah. And they announced the 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 the, the next single and the, the fans turned on us and they voted for the one. And the one is a great song. Okay. Like it's, it's a great a, song. It's a fun song. It's a, it's a good mid-tempo pop song. Okay. It's a good feel good song. Fine. But Don't Want You Back. Like, how dare you disrespect that song? I was so mad. The best song on the album. Truly, truly is the best song on the album. Um, So moving on. So then uh, after that, you had the best slow song on the album. My opinion is Don't Want to Lose You Now. Yes. Because there's a lot of AJ in it. And AJ singing a slow song is quite good. Yes. Quite good. If he's not humping the floor, like I need him singing a ballad, you know? I mean- Lay Down Beside Me is a valid. So it's a two for one. But do you know what I mean? You feel what I'm saying. also humping the floor during. It's everybody wins. So then you've got um, Spanish Eyes, which was written by Howie about his sister. About his sister. This says that it wasn't written by Howie. But he told us that he was singing about his sister. He, he, I remember that. And I remember we were like. He explicitly said that it was about his sister. It was about his sister. And every but it's like a love song yeah and it's and, and he taught and, mm, and i don't think the media really it, i feel like today howie would get eaten alive for saying that people would be like what's going on in your family no one touched it we were all like that's weird but like howie's inconsequential so we're moving on like when is aj taking his top off like let's just keep the train rolling like then comes no one else comes close which is good i skipped it a lot it was okay i had to be i like no one else comes close it it's a it's a it's a classic 90s boy band slow song then you have the perfect fan which is about their moms yeah brian wrote about his mom that's really sweet but i don't care you know i just like give me what i paid for and that's shirts off the humping floors singing to me i need it to be about me okay i don't need it about your sister i don't need it to be about your mom i need it to be about me all right like that's and That's I want it to be fast most and of the time. I, and most of the time I want it to be fast. Like some sort um, of tempo. You're not talking about the humping, right? You're just ta- you're talking about the songs? Okay. Just <laughs> just make it sure. Um, <laughs> you know, so Depends I just want it to be, I just want it to be fast. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> what am I in the mood for? Um, okay, so then between Millennium and the boys' next album, AJ McLean goes off the rails. Was it between the two? Yeah. Or was it during Black and Blue? I think it was during Black and Blue because I very specifically remember- I mean, I obviously AJ got a little too big for his britches. He had been getting a little bit, you know, he had been getting into that that party scene for a while, right? But it got really bad. It was when they were they were they were promoing Black and Blue that Kevin like throttled his ass in a hotel room. Yeah. Third US album was called black and blue but there were a lot of songs that were basically just updated versions of songs on millennium so like also black and blue is known as the long hair kevin in a skirt era because kevin had shoulder length hair that we that he straightened with a with like a with like a flat iron and he was wearing there was a lot of um chunky black mandals and uh long skirts (laughs) 
long leather skirts leather skirts but there was one that looked like a jersey i was just like well that looks breezy like i understand but it was controversial because this was 2001 like men didn't wear skirts or whatever so you the black and blue launches with the call which is um the black and blue version of larger than life okay well and yeah um a lot of talking a lot of a lot of talking on on 90s pop songs it was about cheating, um, which is uh, unfortunate. There's a lot of a lot of boy band songs just about cheating or just kind of any inappropriate behavior in general, um, which is which is interesting. And then you've got "Shape of My Heart," which is the "I Want It That Way" of Black and Blue, right? Yes, and amazing, amazing song. Um, so you remember something on this, like in the video of shape of your heart, like between Kevin no, and AJ? it was more, it was more than that when they were promoting more than that. Okay. I feel like it's when they like announced it. That there was, there was drama. Like I remember AJ had to step away. Yeah. And they didn't, he, did he not do a couple shows or he like disappeared from the promo tour for a little bit? Yeah. Cause he went to rehab. Yeah. Cause we had a, we had a little bit of a drug problem. We were, yeah. we were, what was his drug of choice? Was it cocaine? Uh, or was it everything? I, I feel think like it was a little bit of everything. I mean, AJ, I mean, heroin, just, I think is what it was. No way. I think heroin? So. I don't know for sure. You're just let's, spreading rumors on the internet. That's what you're doing right now. Let's read and see. Let's see if we can find it. What was AJ McLean's drug of choice? Alexa. Um, so then you had, uh, you had, you're going to look that up and I'm going to keep running through this discography here. Uh, you had get another boyfriend, which was the best song on black and blue. And it was the don't want you back of yes. black and blue. Yes. Get another boyfriend still slaps. Boyfriend. It was so good. Um, you had the answer to our life. I skipped five. I always skip five because they're Nick songs. Um, <laughs> the answer to our life is the one of black and blue. You had more yeah. than that, which is the, you know, back to your heart of black and blue more than that was a great video. Ages wearing a cowboy hat. There's a lot of, um, there's a, a projector is used. I think there's some des. there's a desert theme, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's definitely when Kevin was wearing a skirt and, so how the story goes is AJ is completely kind of out of control and his ego is also out of control at this time, right? Like he's not, not only do we have a substance, substance problem, but we're also not being very nice to our friends. Right. Right. He was, he, he was, his ego was out of control and Kevin and him had an altercation in a hotel room. And it got physical. says he did cocaine for the first time on the set of the call i don't think so i don't buy that i don't buy that that's a that's that's pr that was well Um, before the call during the summer tour for their album black and blue his bandmates realized something was wrong Um, it was really high while the group was in boston that july the problem finally hit mclean following an intervention from bandmate Kevin who confronted AJ on his problems. AJ was furious and wanted to quit the band. Within hours, he arranged a flight to head to rehab for depression, anxiety, and excessive consumption of alcohol. But also drugs. But we just didn't say that because it was right. 2001 and we didn't we didn't talk about those things then. Yeah, that was a big deal. And like, so AJ, AJ really, I mean, Kevin almost quit the band over it too at that point. Yeah, because he was he was like, I'm not going to watch you die. Like it was 
and he was kind of done with AJ being a brat. So that yeah. was fun. That was fun. I mean, AJ was being a brat. So, okay. And then um, we're not going to go through all the Backstreet Boys albums because they're too many because they're the longest running boy band and they are the highest selling boy band of all time. Pretty sure. I don't think One Direction has beat them yet, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I give it a couple years and, and they probably will. But the Backstreet Boys are just- When they come back. When they come back. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> sequel so okay <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into nsync and i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you talk about nsync because it's gonna make my blood pressure um rise but basically they followed kind of the same vibe as the backstreet boys like lou sent them over to europe they got big in europe yes and we should definitely not give lou all the credit we should definitely give johnny wright the credit <gasps> Johnny Wright. That he deserves because he was there for respect Johnny. He was there for NKOTB. He was oh, there yeah. for the Backstreet Boys. He was a he manager was there for NSYNC. Yes. 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 And his wife so, too? Do I? Uh, yes. Yes. I remember this. And they, they were like the day-to-day handlers and they were really there for all of the guys. Yeah. And, and he so was Johnny and Donna, they, they deserve a lot more of the like actual respect Right. Who deserves the jail sentence? And the untimely death. Um, yeah. So InSync blows up. Um, their first album was decent. <laughs> yes. Staring at my heart was good. What else was on? What else was on there? Um, I want you back. Oh, I want you back was good. For the girl who has everything, which is still one of my faves. That yeah, was the slow song. Um, it was sailing, slower. which sailing. was a cover. Uh huh. And and Chris Kirkpatrick did sound pretty amazing on that because Chris was there falsetto. Yes. And he did sound really good on that. But and so did I mean everybody did because every because they kind of broke apart the harmonies on sailing and like Lance got his little everything I own kind of like little solo in there and it was sailing is really good, yeah. But but that is a that's a cover of it's a cover of it's the, a cover of some song from like the seventies or eighties for Christopher Cross singing yeah. the original one. That's right. Um. Then they had some like really stupid songs because they wanted to be a little more like hip-hop than the Backstreet Boys. They did. Well, because they they, knew that they couldn't harmonize as well. (laughs) So they've got like a song called like You Got It and they had Crazy For You. Is that one? Is that one on? I don't know. Crazy For You on the American version? Probably. Yeah, I think it is. Um, But they're, but NSYNC's real coming out album was their second, right? Yes. Yeah. What is that? They what is that song album? called? Giddy Up, and it was terrible. Giddy Up was awful. <laughs> Giddy Up was awful. And I, like, and it's not about horseback riding, and it's not even about banging. It's like, <laughs> it's about like, girl, stop lying to me. Giddy Up, like, what does that mean? I just, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I was a JC girl. Like, if I had to pick one, I wanted to pick Jay Z because his voice was amazing. He's the Brian, clear voice, great voice. And honestly, um. Justin wanted to have the soul. He really wanted to he, have the soul. He really did. JC really had the did. soul. True, true. And Justin had that kind of like whiny element to his voice mm-hmm. um, that did not like. 
it didn't really develop until later albums until his solo album justified he didn't kind of find his 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 rhythm yeah because like it was really like jc and the boys yeah for the first for the first album so justin Justin had stage presence and i think that's what made him the one that went on to have the he was the youngest Mm -hmm. the youngest the heartthrob the you know whatever the prettiest but okay, so I, I still I'll I'll go to the grave saying JC had the better voice. I agree. I fully agree. And he didn't have uh, ramen noodle hair, so good for him. <laughs> um InSync's big album was No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached is a great album. Um it's called No Strings Attached because that is when InSync broke up with Lou Perlman and yeah. Jive also, right? Did they also try to leave Jive? I don't think so anyway like just for the folks at home lou perlman was skimming money off of both the insync and backstreet boys profits lou actually made him he would lou would go around and say that he i'm the sixth backstreet boy and you would think that he was saying it like i'm you know i'm cool like these guys but actually lou had written the backstreet boys contract so that he was the sixth member so he would get paid as if he was a performing member of the backstreet boys in addition to getting managerial founding fees you know label fees all of that he was getting like double triple quadruple paid and he was and he was then he was also scamming money off the top and and not reporting profits and he was doing this to NSYNC too I don't know if he was the sixth member of NSYNC like officially but like homie was he was he had his hand in all the cookie jars and these guys were cookie jars and actual cookie jars which is why we're not sad he's dead uh so the the boys both of NSYNC and Backstreet uh fame realized I mean they would go out and they would tour and they would Make, they were making no money and they were making no money and and lou kept saying oh it's coming oh it's coming you know just one more whatever and was it kevin that showed up to lou's house kevin was just always intervening i feel like on everyone's behalf someone showed up to lou's house and they were like lou like we're gonna have this out like where's the money and lou like basically admitted like it was gone yeah i don't remember which one it was i thought it was brian but i think that maybe brian was the one that was saying he didn't want to do that yeah because he wanted to sing at Trump's Brian's inauguration also instead. A Pisces. Yeah, yeah, Brian's Pisces and he doesn't like confrontation. Um y- yes. And so what happened was both the both the Backstreet Boys and in sync got wise to the fact that Lou was stealing from that them. That was the first time they like really kind of came together and worked together. The, and they they sued him. They sued to get out of their contracts because Lou had him to like, you know, a 150 year contract or something. Because I mean, he signed these guys when they were singing at malls and stuff like so he could, he could get them to sign away, you know, whatever um, he, you know, he wanted because, you know, he was promising them all these things. And then they were locked into these really horrible agreements. So they sued to get out and, you know, either NSYNC kicked off the suit and Backstreet joined or, or vice versa, but NSYNC, they, they got out of their car, like they got away from Lou. Yeah. And that is why NSYNC's No Strings Attached album is called that because they, you know, got out from the puppet master. And that was kind of brilliant shade. Like I did have to respect that. Yeah. For sure. And they also, I mean, sort of got, you know, started calling their own shots. They started writing some of their own stuff on that album. Yeah. They, it they was were more, more hip to what was going on in the music business. So they, they took more control. Yes. Took more control. Um, what was the NSYNC album after No Strings Attached? Because Celebrity. 
celebrity was really i liked i like a lot of the songs off celebrity i like a lot of the songs on celebrity i like i like a lot of the songs on no strings attached yeah same and um, so by by that time i didn't hate them quite so much because what we realized and what i think the boys realized once lou was out of the mix they understood that like nobody's lo- putting them against each other except lou and they and they started having conversations and they realized some of the things that Lou was saying was not, they just weren't true. And that they both were getting played and they both were getting worked up over stuff that Lou was saying. And then, I mean, now everybody's cool and everybody's friends. And I think that's great, except nobody's yeah. really friends with Justin, which is how I prefer it. No one. <laughs> I think that they, I think that the NSYNC boys are friends with Justin. <laughs> I think they just say that, but internally they're just like, mm, justice for Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think but, that that's probably how Lance feels. Definitely how Lance feels. Um, but, but that was a, that was a good, that was, they, they came together. They sort of fought a common enemy and then they kind of all became friends. And and I, and it really did bring the two fandoms together. It was like this, this, it was like the Berlin wall of boy bands came down. It was like, it's okay for a Backstreet Boy fan to publicly say that she has an NSYNC album. I was finally like, versa. yes. Brina was living her best life. You were the David Hasselhoff of that moment. Like the, the boy band Berlin wall came down and you were just, you were living it up. I love it. I love it. Um, so these are the biggest boy bands, but they weren't the only, right? They were not. They were not. They, uh, you know, the Backstreet Boys, New Kids, Instinct. They they really kind of like kicked the door open for a flood of 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 pop music and of boy bands. And so that's when you had Ninety Eight Degrees come out, which was not a not a fivesome, but a foursome. A foursome, yes. A foursome. And um, Nick Lachey was the was the front man. Uh, Nick and 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 Jeff. Jeff, yeah. And I was a Jeff girl. Jeff, I was Timmy. Jeff girl as well. Jeff, so oh, so shocking, so shocking. We had the same one. Um, they had some tunes. Like uh, Jeff was a babe. Ninety degrees for me was like they were like the CrossFit guys of boy bands because they were super buff. <laughs> Their arms were as big as my head. Their arms were huge, and they were always in like little white like tank tops. Yes, at, like white ribbed tank tops, which we called wife beaters at the time, and that's a horrific term. It um, is. It, it is really horrific. is. It is a horrific term. But that they wore that with like cargo pants, yes. and they were like, and they were they always, would be, always, always, always green cargo pants always um well you know they had to carry around things um <laughs> everybody was jacked except for justin there was a justin in 98 degrees and he was not the front man or justin pretty. he looked like an accountant he looked like he worked for h&r <laughs> block he did i mean he and but he was there he was their baritone he had a great deep voice yeah so he really wasn't singing a lot of solos right like he's he's, he's a sub- not the baritone okay uh, pardon. So he is, uh, he's a supporting, he's I'm sorry. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mrs. Timmons. Jesus Christ. Um, Nick Lachey ended up marrying Jessica Simpson, which was a big damn deal. Obviously yes. newlyweds became their reality show, but like before that, like they were both on, on TRL, like they kind of met in that pop I mean, they probably met at like the, you know, the people's choice awards, like the teen choice awards or something. Like, I don't really I'm know sure it's the teen choice awards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the biggest, you know, the, the, the biggest relationship at that time, maybe ever is Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Yes. <laughs> I didn't like Justin, but I had to respect the, I 
was obsessed. <laughs> Were you obsessed? I with- cried. Did you, you I cry? legitimately when, cried when they broke when, up. Oh, when they broke up. I was like, when you found out they were together? Did you no. cry at the matching denim outfits? Because that would be more appropriate. They were hideous. <laughs> but they were both so pretty and they were very pretty together. Yes. And um, and they seemed like they were so in love. They, yeah. And, and they were like the perfect match. It was like the football captain yes. and the Cheer- head cheerleader. Head cheerleader. Yes. It was the, I mean, like the prince and princess of pop, like yes. uh, for sure. And that was, I mean, that, that really catapulted in sync. Yes. I mean, because nobody in the Backstreet Boys dated somebody that high profile. And at that time there was nobody bigger than Britney Spears. No right. one, no right. one, not even Justin, like Britney was the, the number one. And so their relationship was huge. Um, what other girls were in the nineties? So Jessica Simpson, she was like the, uh, she was like the ballad girl. Yeah. And that she was like the church going ballad girl, which was unfortunate because she did have some some faster songs, but because she couldn't dance or she didn't in her videos yeah. and she just had that big, they just gave her these ballads. She yeah. had that, that her voice was. Yeah. Amazing. And she's yeah. so pretty, like so pretty. Yes. Um, but she wasn't like an entertainer. She knocked a house down with her voice. Yeah. Yeah. And- Huge voice. Amazing. But she never really got she, the what she was due. No, no, she didn't. Um, and then Nobody you had did because of Britney. <laughs> I mean, Britney really did. She sucked all the air out of the room because Britney was just you could not beat Britney's stage presence. Her just per she was just a star. Like she yeah. was just a star. And I just could not stop staring at her midriff because it was it was fucking perfect. It was so yes. tan. It was so flat. It looked, she had a little belly button ring and I was just like, I want your stomach. Like I, can I have it? Like, can you just, how does, how do you get that? I would like that. Can I, I would surgically? Like that, please. Yeah. Can we just do a little like face off, but it's like tummy off. Like <laughs> give me your stomach. Brittany. Um, Cage. so <laughs> Nick, Cage, and Nick Cage, another Nick Cage reference. Yeah. Nick Cage reference number two. If you're, you know, drink every time I make one, um, there'll be a lot. You'll have to go to the hospital. So you had, you had Brittany, obviously everybody knows Brit- Brittany. And then you had Christina Aguilera mm-hmm. who another big voice, another yes. amazing voice, but she had more of a stage presence, more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she could she could do more she could do more because she was uh she was a musketeer also was she not mm-hmm. did i make that up okay yeah she nope. was a musketeer so i mean she came from the house of mouse and so that just gave you justin jc Brittany, and christina and ryan gosling ryan gosling carrie russell carrie russell yeah i mean all of these all of these icons I just keep going i know you could house of mouse i know you could so you've got uh Christina Aguilera who they tried to pit against Britney yes. obviously um I just want to go on record that Christina Aguilera's debut uh video and single was Genie in a Bottle and in it she was wearing some orange uh cargo pants from Express <laughs> and I had those pants and I was like obviously I'm an icon also because I had I felt so cool Again, did not have the midriff that Christina did, but like. You've been a fashion, a fashion blogger since before fashion bloggers were a thing. Yeah. Nobody was taking my picture, but I had, I had the damn pants. Um, so we had. Cause we you had didn't Brittany. know me then. <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't know you. So I had no one to help me work my angles. You had Mandy Moore. Oh, Mandy. 
You love Mandy. I Mandy anymore. So, so I am talking about the Mandy Moore of This Is Us, but Ma- before Mandy was an actress, Mandy was a pop, she was a pop star. Um, not as big of a pop star as I think you wanted her to be, Bring up, or she never got her due because she was cute. She was, she was so adorable. cute and she could sing. And she was um, about as thin as my computer. I mean, she was built like a, like a, like Kate Moss. Like she was built like a model, like a nineties supermodel. She was, and she was taller too. Yes. She, I remember her song candy was a bop and I remember in it, it was so oversaturated, the colors, it was just, there was a lot of color and we just dialed it up and she was wearing like a turquoise tube top and she had her hair in like that, like a low bun, but then they took the ends and they like waxed them or they mm-hmm. spray gelled them so it was like flayed Spiky, out like a yeah, peacock yeah, yeah. yeah and it looked cute and it she was, was super cute it, it was super cute it was it was a very 90s thing to do to your hair and she was singing the song and she had a um a single disc walkman and it like because the video was like sponsored by by disc man or something and it yeah. was um it was it was very cool and she was very cute and candy was it was a it was a good it was a good tune but she didn't have the stage presence or the dancing ability or the the powerful, she had a great voice, but mm-hmm. she didn't have the power that like a Christina or a Jessica did. And she didn't have the stage presence or the ability to like dance her tail off the way that Britney did. Right. Yeah. yeah. She could dance. I mean, she'd like, if, if she was she also ha- a lot younger, she was younger the other girls. Cause she's younger than I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she was she was younger than the other girls, so she didn't she couldn't really do the sex appeal thing that they could. Right, I mean they really shouldn't have been doing the sex appeal either. But she was even younger, right? Yeah, yeah. and younger. and didn't have that kind of crazy training. Um, her family maybe wasn't relying on her for a paycheck, <laughs> and right. uh, I think if if she would have come out, you know, either three years before or three years after, like she would have had a better shot, but she came out right in the middle, which I understand you got to strike while the pop iron is hot. You know, like that's when, that's when everybody was looking for pop acts. But at the same time, like she would have done better if she wouldn't have been in that horse race with Christina and, and, and Brittany and Jessica. She would have come out during the singer songwriter boom yes just a little bit later a little bit later when her voice was a little bit richer rather than yeah because like a little kid voice she had some really great stuff later Mm -hmm. like she didn't get album. she has this album of covers called coverage Mm -hmm. it's it's one of my faves i listen to it all the time yeah she's like she she just kind of didn't she just got overshadowed even though she had a ton of talent um and now has a baby and she's an actress and yes. we don't watch this is us because no. why do you just want to cry all the time? I know. But if I, if I could be anybody when I grow up, even though she's younger than me, I would mm-hmm. want to be Mandy more. Cause she is absolutely like a babe. gorgeous. Yeah. She is a babe and she's got her, have you seen her house? Yes. Um, amazing. Oh yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> this happens a lot when I tell you about things that you actually told me about. Yeah. Alzheimer's is great when it sets in really early. It's so fun for everyone. Um, Yes. Her house is so boss. Like she's just, she's got a great eye or she hired somebody with a great eye, whatever. Her house is amazing. Yes. Um, shout out to Mandy Moore. We love you. Um, okay. So moving out of the, out of, out of girl, girl, pop girl fame, uh, you had after 98 degrees, you had a little LFO, which is where we, we went from four to three guys. Yes. 
Um, I didn't have a fave in LFO, but they had that Abercrombie and Fitch song, which was a how did you not bop. have a fave in LFO? Because I was the only in a one rel- that was good looking was rich. Well, I was in a full time relationship with AJ McLean, so like I was very pissy. I don't. We were well, quite plenty of time for boyfriends. I only had one <laughs> husband, but I had lots of boyfriends. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> None of them knew I was alive. That's fine. It's better that way. Honestly, it makes you the boss. Um, you know, you just get to kind of set the tone. Yeah, Rich was the cute one, and he was the one that that he sang most of the yeah most yeah. of most of the solos. Really sad because like two out of three members of LFO are no longer with us, right? Yes. Like Rich. Yes. Rich and Devin have both passed away. So Rich, Rich had leukemia. leukemia. Devin had brain cancer, Awful. I believe. Yeah. Um, Devin had the same birthday as me, not the same year, but the same day. Uh, um, and then Brad is the one that's left. Wow. Um, okay, so then we had the the British invasion of boy bands. Yes. And we had a five-man boy band literally called five yes and the the f in five was the number five because they were edgy okay so i was uh scott was my boyfriend in five scott from essex he had this very very spiky hair he was adorable interesting five had two bad boys yes um most boy bands only had one uh, but five had two they had a classic British boy bands don't follow the same they don't uh, they don't yeah blueprint that's the word I'm looking for yes yeah they they yes and five did not so they had two bad boys they had um abs who was the ornery sarcastic playful bad boy and then they had jay abz abs abs and then um they had jay who was both their oldest member and your favorite oh, yes. and their bad boy. And I think legitimately dangerous. <laughs> like, Jay, lo- Jay looked like he had a rap sheet. <laughs> he did. He looked, he looked he, like he just wanted to hug me. Okay. All right. I feel like you're biased. So, uh, <laughs> but he was pretty, he was very pretty. He had a great voice. Um, and he also had an eyebrow ring, which was fun for everyone. Um, and then Which I never liked other guys with eyebrow rings. Well, you know, apparently you make a lot of excuses for Jay. I mean, he's a, he's a murderer and you're like, <laughs> but he just wanted to hug me. I mean, Jay is a serial killer. Okay. And you're just going <laughs> to make excuses for him. I can change him. Okay. Whatever. Um, Jay was really cute though. And then you had Sean who was their young one. Yes. But Sean was just, he was really just shy and quiet. Yes. Very shy and, and quiet. Yes. And then you had Richie, who was the combination of a Nick Carter and a Howie from the Backstreet Boys. Yes. He had he had the 90s boy band, like longer hair, middle part, very, very uh eager. Just yes. Richie always just felt to me like he had just had too much sugar. But and then and then they released him on camera or on stage. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a kid and you're just too much for me. Like, can you? Can you calm down? Right. I mean, yeah, he was, he was just obnoxious. Um, the moves were always, Richie's moves were always so over-exaggerated. You know, like you know what I'm in, talking about? Like he was in show choir. Yes. It was very jazz hands. And I was like, look, okay, you're, you're British. You're supposed to be cooler. Like you have a great accent. Lean into that, you know, like go kill somebody like Jay did and then come back <laughs> when you get a little street cred. <laughs> I mean, 
Honestly, you need to grow up, Richie. Okay, kill a man. And then we'll see you for the second album. Um, Scott had a girlfriend and I obsessively stalked her online. And I was so jealous of her. I cannot remember her name now, but I rem- they, they had been together. They were like middle school sweethearts or something. Just really just, I mean, cause he was a teenager. She was like 19 and they'd been together, you know, like 10 years or something. And I was just like, I can never compete with that. Yeah. Also you have no way of meeting him idiot. So, and you're, you're way too young, but I was like, this is what's keeping us apart is this girl and their, and their, um, their primary school bond. Um, yeah. Loved five. Then we really quickly, we had take that. Take that. Yes. Who they were older. They were older. They were like of Westlife fame, which yeah. is another a British boy band that never really made it in the U S over. Yeah. Never. Over. And, the, and Westlife was kind of in the same era as the new kids ish. Or were they more Backstreet Boys? I feel like they were older than Backstreet Boys, though. They they were more mid nineties. The boy band never really left the UK. That's another thing I love about the UK. When they keep them coming, like when uh, new kids fell out of kind of popularity. Yeah, it took a while to for the boy bands to come back in the United States. Yeah, and that's one reason why Lou sent the Backstreet Boys and InSync over to Europe over to the UK when they were first starting out because they knew that there was like a built-in audience of bloodthirsty teenage girls that were willing to give them, you know, money for, yeah. for concerts. Um, so that's true. So Westlife never made it here. And, and there was another group called uh, Take That. And Take That is where we get Robbie Williams, Robbie who Williams, yes. a lot of people know and who had a really successful solo career and even crossed over into the U.S. a little bit. Um, but I just remember Take That's Back for Good was a jam. Yes. It was a kind of a mid-tempo, mid to slow tempo, just yeah. just tune. And then, and then we had B.B. Mac. B.B. Mac. Which I always thought was a duo because I was just concentrating on the two that were cute, but you corrected me that it is actually a trio. Yes. B.B. Mac's whole first album is still legit. It's it still it's so really good. good. Yes. BB Mac M A K, by the way. Sooner or later, right? Uh huh. Was back here. Back here, baby. See? <laughs> I'm like, they were great. Can't remember what they sang. <laughs> Fine. Ghost of You and Me. Ghost of You and Me. Still on your side. Still on your side is, a, it slaps. The yeah. harmonies in Still on Your Side. To this day, great shower song. I mean, it's just, it's, it's perf. It's good. It's good stuff. Music kind of took a turn. We got more into, we went a little bit more hip hop, a little bit more R&B. You had like the rise of Destiny's Child. You had um, music just kind of wasn't quite as poppy as. Everyone's body was too bootylicious. Exactly. Um, And it wasn't until about the, I don't know, like 2008 to 2010, 11, we started getting revivals like first of all the Backstreet Boys kept making records they they take Backstreet Boys years. never left they for the never record stop there's a song called never gone and they never are gone okay you don't understand people like, keep saying Backstreet's back they're they never left they never left they're in the house the call is coming from inside the house and it's AJ <laughs> and he's telling you hey baby it's me <laughs> yeah okay so now that we've established that the Backstreet Boys have, like, honestly, there was, I mean, Backstreet Boys are BC. Like, they're before Christ. Like, all of it. Like, they're just, 
They're zombies. They're zombies. Yeah, they're <laughs> the undead. So we we started we started getting a a a boy band revival, and we we saw the new kids come back. And this is where my relationship with the new kids on the block um, really grew from the early days of me just having a nightgown um, with all their faces on it. And <laughs> you and I went to, so, so new kids put out a, an album called the block in 2008. Yeah. And the entire thing was about sex, cheating, uh, um, lights camera action was about a sex tape yes the whole thing was very, very explicit it was very explicit i when you listen to the lyrics you're you blush okay it was lay down beside me on a whole other level um at least we were of age because we were actually legitimate <laughs> adults by then but so they released the block and we went and saw them in concert and i fell in love with donnie Wahlberg because the rat tail was gone and he spent most of the concert loved him with the rat tail. <laughs> yeah. He, your love was pure. Um, I, I, the rat tail had to go. I got to tell you, like I'll do a guy in a skirt, but like, but like a rat tail. No, that's, I'm going to draw the line. Okay. So, so we went to their show in Kansas city and I fell in love with Donnie Wal- Wahlberg and a, and a, and a little gal named Lady Gaga opened for them. No one knew. Yes. She was. No, we did not. Well, the only, we didn't know. And like, she didn't have anything on the radio. She sung um, Poker Face and she sung Just Dance. Yes. And she was like only known in like the New York club scene. The gays knew her and loved her and were very supportive of her. But like us common folk did not know, especially in the Midwest, we did not know of the Gaga. And yes. Just was Dance it. was just being started being played on the radio. But I had never heard it. I hadn't either. But yeah. like right after that concert is when we started hearing it. And it is still my favorite Lady Gaga song. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe a disco stick. What's the disco stick one? Anyway, Lady Gaga opened for them. Yeah. And we had so much fun at that show. Um, the she, Block is... She did a song with it, New Kids on the Block. She did. She is literally on... She is on a track on um, the Block's album and there is a lyric in there. It's about, it's big girl, right? It's like, I'm a big girl. You're a big boy now. Yes. Um, okay. And there is a lyric in that song that goes with a body like that. You've got a grown man ready to blow. Yep. What? Called full service to that song. Oh yeah. The full service. You ain't gotta be nervous. I'm going to get into your full service. Everything, everything was about ejaculating. It was boners at the club. It was like Neo was there. Akon was there. Gaga was there. The Pussycat Dolls are on, are on one of those, one song in the album. Oh, wait. So, oh, Lady Gaga wrote full service. Just kidding. That makes sense. Things big girl now. Big girl now. Yeah. Yes. She With a body like that, you've got a grown man ready to blow. Yeah. Okay. She wrote and sings on Big Girl Now. She just wrote Full Service, which is actually with New Edition. Oh, love New Edition. They had a revival too. Yeah. I love that everybody Clearly just, they did. I mean, yeah. So we, um, didn't Donnie Wahlberg go to Waffle House in Kansas City after that show? And we found out about it after the fact and we were so pissed we didn't go. I don't remember if it was in Kansas City or not. Because I feel- somewhere. Because I feel like, I mean, he was going to Waffle Houses like all the time. Like it was his thing. And I, re- but I remember being mad. And I remember when they came back with the Backstreet Boys, we were like, 
we're going to, if he says he's going to Waffle House, we're going to Waffle House. Like I, I distinctly remember that combo. Johnny was always hitting up the Waffle Houses with fans because he's like the best. He's just the best. And we're, we're a little in love and it's fine. Um, <laughs> Dirty Dancing off that album, a song about cheating on your girlfriend and then washing off, you know, any evidence. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's such a good, it's just, it's, it? it's a bang. Uh, yeah, read it. There's a stuff good about song. Is it amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I remember you and I were, we were pretty high up at that show and I was jumping so hard, like at dirty dancing that I thought I was going to fall over the ledge. <laughs> like I was going to fall down the seats. Cause I was going so hard. Okay. Dirty dancing. Look it up. It's great. A lot of sex, a lot of cheating, a lot of shady decisions made at the club. Why were they in the club so much? They were grown men, like really grown, but we talked about the club a lot. Is that like a Jersey thing or? They're from Boston. Okay. It's all the same. It's all, they're all talking very aggressively. They're all riding subways. I don't know. It's the Northeast. <laughs> There's lake effect snow. I have no idea what goes on there. Like you can get hurricanes and you can get lake effect snow. I, I, it's just, it's wild. Okay. Um, okay. So do you remember um, then the new kids linked up with the Backstreet Boys and they created a- Do super, I remember? Do, I, do you remember? The super group known as NKOTBSP. Yes, yes. And new kids on the Backstreet Boys, which also little little sexual, um, but it's fine. So they wrote a song together. They had a, didn't, didn't the song had a video, have a video attached to it? Cause it was like a single- so. Yeah. They performed it on Dancing with the Stars. I remember that. Then they went on tour together. And the tour was amazing because it wasn't like the Backstreet Boys did a show and then New Kids did a show. It was like the Backstreet Boys would come out and do two or three songs. And then the New Kids would come out and do two or three songs. And then they would do some songs together. Sometimes they'd do a Backstreet Boys song together. And sometimes they would do a New Kids song. And it was like the fireworks of fun of, of boy band collisions. And you had amazing seats for us. We were on the floor. Yes. Right off the catwalk, the catwalk that went to the B stage. Yes. And this was at, this wasn't at Kemper. This was at the sprint center. Yeah. And I did not know our seats were that good. I don't know how you didn't know. I would have sworn I told you, but I'm sure you did, but I was just like, rad, like, let's go, let's do it. I'm there. Donnie and I are in love. Like it's going to be fine. And I remember we were walking down the stairs. Um, you know, like when you come out and you're, Oh, I'm going to go take my seat, like along the sides. And you were like, no, keep going like onto the floor. And I looked at you like, what? And you were like, no, 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 we're down here. And we were literally like right off the catwalk, which history would soon tell us that's an amazing place to be at a boy band show is right (laughs) off the catwalk front, front row. Right. So like, that's where you want to be. And that show was so much fun. Yes. Top 10, like top five, top five, one of the greatest shows. Top three, top five. Uh, yeah, top five. Top five. I mean, and awesome. Just so good. Um, and the song was called Don't Turn Out the Lights. Don't Turn Out the Lights. Yes. Yeah, that was a banger. I got it in my head now. It's good. It's good. But, you know, like kind of speaking to that, like the whole block album is about sex and cheating, but at least everybody on that album is a consenting adult. There were a lot of inappropriate lyrics and themes, even for the boys. I mean, we were younger, but like, even for them, 
right. to, to be singing. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like what my parents did, did they not? The fact that Russ White stood there while AJ sang <laughs> lay down beside me and humped the floor at Kemper and was just like, yeah, okay. Like I, my daughter's, I'm, I support her in this decision. It was, it was wild. But I, I think the, the big, I mean, what, what song sticks out for you as the most inappropriate song ever for a boy band? I mean, the most inappropriate ever that everyone's heard or uh no no a lot of people haven't heard it it's it's a it's a european boys will be boys boys will be boys by the backstreet boys yes it was it was a song about unclear consent (laughs) if you will yes um it it was off their self-titled european album and it it gave us a lyric like you tell me it's much too soon, but I just can't help it. I always got to make a play. Hi, what part of no is confusing for you? Right. Excuse me. Um, the the chorus was boys will be boys. We're just supposed to laugh this off. We're just supposed to, this is what boys do is they relentlessly pursue girls who tell them no. No, wrong. I don't think so. It was, this was not good. I mean, it was the nineties. We didn't have the same kind of we weren't having the discussions that we're having now and we're evolving now. And that's, that's great. But I, I mean, lay down beside me is we keep referencing it. It's blatant, but there's a lot, there were a lot of them everywhere. I mean, Sync did it 98 degrees thing about banging a lot. I feel like there yeah. was a lot of banging. Well, like going on. boys will be boys says like, I hear you saying that you think that we should wait and I can't hold on anymore. My body's calling for you. So please don't hesitate. I no. don't, I'm not responsible for your blue balls. Okay. Control right. yourself. Like, yeah, it, it was boys will be boys. I gotta do what I gotta do. Like, no, you don't like right. not without my consent. I will. No, I will mace you. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. It was, this was very early nineties. This was also in Europe. They did not bring that song to the United States <laughs> probably did. for good reason, but it, but the problem was it was so catchy. Like I did like the, the beat and the bop of the song. Yeah, and so then, I'm singing it in my head right now. Right. You know, it's a terrible, terrible song. It's like, Kevin, you should have stepped in, you know, you should have, you were the, you were the wise 23 year old. <laughs> could you have just, could you have stopped this? But yeah, it was the problem was it was so damn catchy that now you look back and you're like, you want to make apologies for it, but because it was so catchy, but you're like, no, I can't because it was it's just it's not okay. Um, speaking of inappropriate, do you remember when Jordan Knight from New Kids came back oh in nineteen 19- in 1999 with yes. "Give It to You, Baby"? No. <laughs> Yeah, another song about sex. All the new kids do is sing about sex. All they do. That's all they do. Yes. And I just remember Jordan dancing around humping girls at a carnival in some really baggy pants. Yes. And he was pretty. He was super pretty. Yeah. I mean, he was no Donnie Wahlberg, but like, <laughs> and there was just a lot of thrusting and, and, and I, baby, you know, I can give it to you. And I mean, it's his, it's his genitals. Yeah. What it sounds like. (laughs) It's exactly what you think it is because boys will be boys and Jordan's a boy. Uh, Yeah. It was, there were a lot of inappropriate lyrics. Oh, I mean, you had boys to men's all make love to you. Like just straight up. I mean, at least you're making love. It's not like I'm going to bang you, but I mean, mean, at least you're nice about it. Like it sounds consensual. I mean, yes. I mean, he's telling her to like close the door, 
turn off the lights or something like there's there's a whole instruction manual in that song but uh, but yeah there's just so much no wonder I mean I cannot were our parents even around like what were they doing we were just listening to Billy Joel. I, don't I know. mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was there. Was we're listening to Huey Lewis in the news. Huey Lewis in the news, the Eagles, <laughs> the police call the police. Cause boys will be boys. Um, yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, they were just a lot of Jay Giles band in my house. Yeah. A lot of, uh, country in mine. Oh, there was some country. I mean, Garth Brooks was definitely happening, happening in my house, oh. George Strait, Chattahoochee. There was, yeah, for Alan sure. Jackson. Alan Jackson. Yeah. But I just, I just don't, I just don't know that we're ever going to, we're ever going to have it as good as we did in the nineties. I don't think that we will. I mean, I still love a boy band. Like I'm still here for a boy band. Like I, lo- I loved One Direction still. I mean, still do obviously <laughs> loved, loved. I mean, it's not past I mean, tense. It is present tense. That's not past tense for me, it's, but I mean, it's, it's kind of the same, it's the same formula and it, it's the, I mean, not exactly right. Like, I don't think anybody, well, maybe Simon did, but I don't think it was as like, we need a, we need a bad boy and we need a young one and we need a heart throb, you know, I think, and certainly one direction didn't dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no, there was no choreography. I mean, I think about it. We paid them a lot of money to walk up and down the stage a lot. Yeah. And we loved it. We ate it up. We were like, yeah. yes, you walk down to the B stage and wave at people. <laughs> you sound great. You look great. You guys are really talented. Love it. I'm here for it. I do it again. No regrets. Um, and that's something that like the, the Backstreet Boys never gave us. They never gave us interactions kind of like that. Yeah. We would have to get those on like the behind the scenes of music videos that would be released um, on MTV's Making the Video, which was an amazing, amazing show. show. It's literally what it, what it sounds like. It's the making of the video. And that that was how you got all your like behind the scenes content was either the band put out some kind of like documentary as, as, you know, merchant merch or whatever, or, you know, VH1 or MTV did some kind of behind the scenes, behind the scenes thing. That was the only time that you really saw the interactions that weren't super, super scripted or weren't part of a dance or whatever. So, I mean, I think that's where 1D um, was different and was cooler because you could, you could see those interactions more because they weren't dancing. They weren't out of breath. They could, they had plenty of time. Well, and they also had social media. Social media was huge. I mean, can you, I can't imagine today being a pop star. I'm okay. Let me rephrase. So I'm sure pop, like the Backstreet Boys, pop stars in the nineties felt like they lived in a fishbowl, felt like they couldn't go anywhere or felt like they were just, they were relentlessly pursued. And I right. know that that's true, but compared to, to today, when with the use of social media, people can zero in on your location and release your location so quickly. And just information travels so much faster. Even though we had the internet in the nineties, it was like the Conestoga wagon of internets, right? right? Like it was not. Well, and they're, you know, part of their duties as, you know, their daily job now is also to post so much on social media. Sure. And to interact. Like that's part of the gig. The the Backstreet Boys did not, Instinct didn't have to do that. They weren't online. I mean, like right. there was no online. Like that didn't. Right. What were they going to do? Go to an, an AOL chat room? <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's a totally different, that's a totally different world that I cannot. It's awesome for the fans in the sense that they can find out stuff so much quicker and so much easier than we could. 
Yeah. We had to call for tickets. Do you remember? You had to call yes. a, a phone line and speak to a person. Three, 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 four, five, six. You remember the number. I mean, you had to call to get tickets. I mean, there was no internet refresh, pick your seat. It was, you had to get through a physical phone line. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. But like, that was also the heyday of music videos. I feel like, cause that was, that was when MTV was like, they were all about, I mean, they were just starting to produce scripted content. So we were moving away from music videos, just playing all the time, but to get on TRL, you had to have a, an amazing music video with an, right. with a concept. And I just remember these directors duking it out, pitching these like just over the top video treatments, Joseph Kahn all over the place with Backstreet's back, like that concept of the haunted house and everybody turning into a different type of ghoul or goblin was so good. I mean, everything was so big and so over the top, like Britney's con again with larger than life with larger than life. And yeah. then you had, you know, like Britney's oops, I did it again. How big that was. Yes. It was, I mean, and like, we just, to know the directors of the videos. And right. We to, like we, we knew the names, of the choreographers because Fatima. of the, the videos. Fatima. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like look at the difference between Britney's "Baby One More Time" and "Oops, I Did It Again." The right. scale was—I mean, it's the same kind of thing with like the Backstreet Boys "Quit Playing Games" and the N and I want it that way, you know? Right. right yes. It's just that they got—I mean, they were expensive. They were so expensive. They were so big. The VMAs meant something, right? The VMAs were <laughs> were a big award show, right? right. Yes. Um, like it was a big deal to be nominated. It was a big deal to be asked to perform. It was a big event for all of us to watch. I mean, don't you remember we would, you would, you would start, you would watch the red carpet arrivals cause you wanted to see, you know, your, your favorite yes. stars and, and the Backstreet Boys and, and NSYNC and all of them arrive. What are they wearing? Did they bring their girlfriends? They better not. Cause I'll fucking hunt her down. Like Amanda I remember. Latona there. <laughs> oh, Amanda Latona. I was AJ's girlfriend. I don't even know when. Right at the beginning. She was called Innocence, but they spelled it with an S. Yes. An S in the middle. Yes. Yes. It was unfortunate. Um, It was another Lou Pearlman jive. Yes. Britain was in Innocence very briefly. What? I did not know that. Yeah. I am almost certain. Let me look it up because I don't want to be spreading rumors. That was not in her Framing Britney documentary probably because it was so quick that it didn't even matter. Yeah, Innocence was a was a girl band that a girl pop group that that Britney was Spears was in it in 1997. 19 find a picture. Acor- Is it according to Amanda Latona who lies all the time. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. Okay. So Amanda Latona dated AJ and she was she was cute. She wasn't is she wasn't, you know, I mean, I look back now. Now she's a bodybuilder. Oh, she's a bodybuilder. She could probably snap me like a twig. I should watch my mouth. (laughs) Um, uh, But like back then, like we're real petty. Like we were not like we are now where we're like, you know what? Everybody's beautiful in their own way. And everybody's body is normal. Back then we were like, she looks like a dude and we hate her. And we were, (laughs) we were horrible. I was very immature to her because she was coming in between me and my man. And uh, you know, because obviously like 19, 20 year old AJ, was clearly gonna choose me like as a 14 year old over and choose me too 
he was, he was going to choose both of us, even though we didn't even know each other at the time. Uh, he was going to choose both of us over, which, you know, was illegal and gross if you think about it. But see, what I wanted is I wanted him to remain single for me until I was like 18. Like I knew I wasn't ready for AJ at, right. at 14. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't ready, but I didn't want anybody else to have him because that's how immature I am. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted him to just save himself until I was old enough. And then we would meet at a gas station when his tour bus, the boys' <laughs> tour bus was, was passing of through. Of course. I mean, because I was like, I was trying to be a realist, realistic here, Brina. Like where, where do I have the chance? Where else would you meet him? To meet them. You know, like they're not going to come see a movie built in cinema eight, right? Like they're going to be, they're going to be at a gas station and I'm going to also be there and I'm going to be looking real cute. And we're going to, they're going to be coming out as I'm going to be going in and we're going to bump into each other and somebody's going to spill a, you know, a large size fountain drink and it's going to be, oh, I'm sorry. And then it's going to be, oh, what's your name? And it's going to be on, it's going to be game on from there. And like, I'm probably going to stop in Belton. Absolutely. It's the hub of gas. (laughs) It's the hub of nothing, but maybe they're going to the Ozarks, Brina. Maybe it's like a Kansas city tour date. And then it's like, it's an Ozark tour date. Maybe Springfield, Springfield, Missouri. I I had the exact same thoughts. And I also thought they were going to stop in Belton and fall in love with me. So I don't know. (laughs) So I feel like, but I, so I feel like that is teenage girl like rite of passage when you're when you are fantasizing about how you're going to meet what's funny is that you try to make the me- meeting realistic you're like oh no, no no i can't i can't fantasize like meeting them in los angeles because like i don't live there i have to i have to make it real wait a minute like back it up like make it real they are 20 and you are 12 what is going on like we <laughs> make it real yeah maybe you should maybe you should grow up yeah this is what we did though this is what we did. We hated the girlfriends, but then we looked for their outfits because we wanted to dress like them. Like, do you remember when all of the girlfriends were in Backstreet Boys's I'll Never Break Your Heart? Yes. And then we had the, that was another amazing concept video where we had the different levels and mm-hmm. each boy is serenading a girl. And see, here's the thing. The, 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 the boy band machine learned very early on not to cast girlfriends in the video and not yes. just actual girls, just girls, period. Yes. Because the fans got too mad about it. It was just, somebody probably got killed. Like somebody got like stalked and murdered. And I mean, like it was, it was, it was dangerous for someone's health, but they, in the beginning, they would cast a girl to play the love interest of, of, of each guy, each guy got a girl. I mean, obviously we're not you know, as forward thinking that maybe some of the guys want a guy. I mean, like we're not doing that in the nineties. Okay. Um, poor Lance, poor John from new kids. Um, but they would cast, they would cast girls to play love interest and we would lose our minds. And they, then they like, did that ever happen with NSYNC? Because I feel like that was a Backstreet Boys thing. And then it just quickly became not a thing. Yeah, I don't, I mean, there were girls in some of the videos, but it was never, I don't remember it ever being a thing. Like where one guy would get a girl. Like I remember in NSYNC videos, like there would be girls there or like there would be girls as part of the, 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 the choreography, but not like one guy, one girl assigned, like that is JC's, like that is JC's girl or something like that. I don't really think so. I remember I think so it was a big deal when Jenna Dewan was in the pop video. Well, but 
because she's rumored to have been <laughs> one of the girls that Justin cheated on Brittany with. So that's yes. unfortunate. I need to go back and look at, because I don't remember knowing who Jenna Dewan was at the time. And now obviously I have more of a frame of reference who she is. I need to go back and watch that video. But so maybe sync, you know, or their, you know, handlers, Johnny, right. Learned that like, okay, we, we, we can't, we're not, we're not, we're not casting girls in the video. Cause that was my other, so that was my other way in, right. Is I was going to get cast as one of the girlfriends in the video. I don't know how I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a stage kid. I'm not, I don't have any talent for that. I'm not a dancer. Um, I'm not, I, I wasn't of age. I would, I would have been the child on set, but like, that is what I thought maybe could happen is like, I would get cast as an extra and that, you know, at, at craft services, it, things would pop off. That's what I thought. That was another one of my, that was one of my scenarios. It was like, stop at a gas station, fall in love with me um, and get cast in a video. How? No idea. No idea. Magic. Magic. Yeah. Black magic for sure. But well, this has been fun. This has been a deep dive. Thank you for taking this journey with me. (laughs) Anytime. Even though we do, we do this, you guys, I got to tell you, Brynn and I have had a lot of these conversations typically over wine. And typically whenever we start going down the rabbit holes of these albums, we, we just start playing the music and just like reliving all of the memories. I wish I could do that here, but, um, but yeah, this has been really fun. And thank you, Brina, for joining me. We'll definitely have Brina back. Brina has lots of insights to share. And <laughs> I'm not just all about boy bands. She's not just that. She's not one-sided. She's got uh, several talents and we're going to be showcasing them here. That'll do it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and Brina. We had fun and hopefully you did too. Always feel free to reach out with questions or comments. Links to follow me are in the show notes below. You can subscribe to the Adults Aren't All Right anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. And until next time, I've been your host, Ashley White, and we'll chat soon.